Hello and welcome to the Indiot Podcast. I'm Cameron and I still don't know what the f*** I'm doing. We're doing it nonetheless. Uh, no music, no proper background, just a logo and a mic and a dream right now. If you are new here, so am I, so is everyone else. This is our first official race weekend episode. Whether you're a diehard fan or about to watch your first race, I wanted to say thank you so much for being here, learning and growing together. I've got a little intro to the pod episode coming out soon, but I really wanted to just dive right in since we are approaching a race weekend. Today, we're going to take a look at what's coming up and what's sure to be a totally normal, not shit show of a street race. If this is your first time tuning into Nashville, you are in for a treat for sure. I'm not sure I would say it's good racing, but I will say it is good entertainment. But I also feel like the races have kind of had a bell curve of drama where you reach the peak and then it gets to be a bit much and you just want more than like two laps of green flag racing in a row and just to get it over with. With that being said, let's get into some background on Nashville. The Music City Grand Prix has been on the calendar since 2021. It has run twice before this year. The track runs near downtown Nashville over the iconic Memorial Bridge, which provides some of the coolest camera shots I think we get all year. I love seeing the cars just come up and appear over at the top, race each other down. So I really love that. And the start finish line is right there at the end. So yeah, definitely get some really cool shots of them running super close together and side by side on that bridge. The track itself looks kind of like one big square. And then a small square connected by two really long straights. For the F1 people, my best comparison would be like maybe if Monaco and Baku had a baby, I guess. Uh, I don't know. So what kind of racing does a track like this produce? I think we'll just get into a little recap of the past two years and you can make your own judgment calls. In 2021, Marshall Pruitt so eloquently wrote in a racer article... It's hard to recall a bigger shit show than what was delivered across 80 laps littered with spins, crashes, track blockages, a miniature flood, and a driver whose favorite targets just happened to be his teammates. Also, side note, Marshall Pruitt is amazing. You should follow him if you are not. And his writing in this race recap article was absolutely fucking sending me. He was taking no prisoners. Uh, Another one of my favorite lines from this article was just, uh, Cody Ware spun at turn three, attempted a 47-point turn, but stalled the car. Like, <laughs> the sass is incredible. In this race, there were nine full-course yellows, two red flags, and almost 40% of the race was led by the pace car driver. Also, water just, like, flooded onto the course at one point during the race, and I feel like it was just, like, the circuit crying for the mess to be over, just begging, like, the rest of us to finally get to the end. Marcus Erickson pulled out quite the win and went on quite the journey in the process. On lap five, he literally ramped Sebastian Bourdais, like, during a yellow flag because he thought it was going green and just floored it straight into him, just whoop, right over the top of him. He fucked his front wing, he gets a penalty, and that puts him pretty close to the back, but more to come on his journey later. Meantime, y'all remember the pileup that happened on the Chicago street race for NASCAR earlier this year? 
I'm here to report that IndyCar did indeed do it first. Will Power ran a terrorism campaign against his teammates and put Pagano into the barrier, causing a pileup. I think pileups in racing, like, I don't know why. I just think it's so funny that eventually cars just have to, like, pull up and everybody just has to stare at each other in this giant pile while people come to get rescued before anybody else can get through. I think that's so funny when that happens. And then... Later in the race, Will Power also spins Scotty Mack, and he was just being a straight-up menace that day. Good for him. Not probably his greatest racing moments. Back to the race, Herta led basically the whole time until he crashed with five to go, which is honestly so painful after having to endure all that this race was. All of the restarts, all of the flags, all of those laps behind the pace car to just shunt it with five to go is absolute pain and suffering, and I am so sorry to him. Erickson somehow, back to this guy, weaseled his way back to the front to win. I think he really benefited from that pileup that power caused, if I remember correctly. But what a lucky duck to go from, you know, messing up your front wing and getting a penalty to racing the win. That just shows you how much chaos truly happened throughout this race. To end our 2021 recap, here's everyone that crashed into each other, not including solo affairs. Newgarden and Ray Hall, Erickson and Bourdain, McLaughlin and Jones, Power and Pagano, VK Sato, Johnson Pelot, Hunter Ray Daly, Caster Dev is where in the pileup. McLaughlin, Power and Kellett, Award and Rossi, Grosjean and Pagano. Wow. That was a lot. Surely they learned some things and made the next year much better. Right, guys? right guys i am happy to report they did there was only eight cautions and one red flag in 2022 they really got in there and improved things for this race scotty mack is on pole we get one of the best joseph newgarden quotes in a while welcome to indycar it gets tight newgarden and grosjean were fighting for a corner grosjean gets taken out Newgarden keeps going. Grosjean was pissed. Newgarden had absolutely nothing nice to say to him. We've seen this one before. There was a fantastic battle with Dixon, McLaughlin, and Pillow. What a great bunch of drivers to be battling up at the front. All of the flags kept things really bunched up. That is one benefit of having a flag every four seconds is that the crew does kind of stay bunched up so you don't get a lot of like lapped cars and just things like that. But since all of those flags kept things bunched up, we literally got a drag race to the finish line between the Scots and I think the closest finish on a street course ever. It was basically a photo finish. Very cool to see. It was slightly rewarding after, again, having to endure that entire race. Anyways... Here's everyone that crashed again. Ray Hall Award and Power, Rossi and Isla, DeFrancesco and Sato, Ray Hall and VK, Kirkwood and Malukas. I feel like I'm forgetting a few, but you know what? That's all I could find. So I'm doing the best I can. Enough with the crash fests. Let's look at what's coming up this year. So they moved up the start time since there's been so many delays. It's almost gotten dark during these races. I'm not sure that's the only reason they're moving it up, but it is a smart decision. They've really been pushing it the past couple of years. Also, it is hot as balls out there, so I hope this gives the drivers some reprieve. I cannot imagine having to just drive around with like the Tennessee sun beating down on you in the beginning of August. At the time of recording this, they're about to announce this race as the season finale for next year. So consider that while you're watching it and compare it with the current finale when we get there in September. 
I believe they'll be changing the track layout to run down Broadway. So the production is going to be crazy and fun and I think a little more pizzazz than Laguna Seca. Hopefully the racing gets a little bit better. I don't know. We haven't seen this year yet. So I, you know, maybe they've got it figured out. But hopefully the racing with this new layout is good. I know there's a lot of mixed opinions on the fact that we may be moving the race away from Laguna Seca. I think that old school people are probably going to have the stronger opinions on leaving it at Laguna Seca, but I'm pro trying things out, moving the schedule around, innovating, progressing forward. I think having like a really cool, fun race would be a great thing for IndyCar. I think that the 500 is obviously crazy and fun and you have the snake pit and just a big old spectacular, but I think a street course that just has down Broadway of super famous street. You have all of the partying, the bars, everything. I think that it could, it has some good potential to be a really like kick ass end of the season race. So we'll see what happens there. I'm sure the announcement will be out by the time I release this. And honestly, The only reason I would be mad about it is because I was trying to go to Laguna Seca next year. I'm in Phoenix, so it's one of the only races that are, like, out this direction in the U.S., and now it's going to be moved to March, which doesn't work out with my life schedule, so I guess I will just be throwing that idea away. That's fine. This race, we have Linus Lundquist, last year's Indy Lights champion, subbing in for Simon Pagano, who is unfortunately out again. Really wishing him the best. I think this is more serious and had more of an impact than many of us thought, so sending him well wishes. Having a Junior Series winner in the car is great for both series, both IndyCar and Indy Lights, especially someone everyone has literally been begging for to get a seat. However... I wouldn't want to be on the broadcast team, and good luck to all the newbies out there, because listen to the names that are in this race. Tony DeZeno tweeted a couple nights ago that for first names, there will be a Linus and a Renus, and then last names, there will be a Rosenquist, a Lundquist, and a Lungard. Good luck with that, y'all. This is the home race of Joseph Newgarden, and Nashville officially declared July 31st as Joseph Newgarden Day, so mark it on your calendar, go and do some crunches and stomp some competition on an oval in honor of him next year. Speaking of Newgarden and ovals coming out of Iowa, the championship battle between the two bad bitches of IndyCar right now is back within somewhat of a reach. There's some semblance of a fight between Newgarden and Pillow now, since we're back below the 100 points of separation. I think they're 80 points apart now. I am curious to see what the Penske's in general do at the street circuits this weekend, because they've been a little up and down on these formats this year, I feel like. I'm also interested to see if Pillow comes just like straight back in from the ovals and wins another one. Obviously, he finished third for the second race in Iowa after starting, I think, 13th. So I don't think anybody was really expecting him to pick it up like that, especially on an oval. And he sure did. So he's still there. He's still fighting at the front. So I am genuinely curious to see if he comes right back out of the gates running. I'm not convinced there's going to be a super tight battle for the championship. And it pains me to say that as a Joseph Newgarden stand, But... 
literally anything can happen in IndyCar, that's for sure. A lot of points up for grabs, so one DNF paired with a rival top five will give a good swing. I'm just not convinced that Polo isn't inevitable on all formats except ovals this year. Lord knows we will see a shunt or 12 this weekend, so I guess anything can happen and we will see what happens, which leads me into throwing out three random predictions because I can. I think that either New Garden or Pillow will be involved in an incident that will ruin their race. Going with the yellow flag trend downward with nine and then eight the next year, I'm going with seven yellow flags this year. We will keep on improving, you guys. And then my last prediction is McLaughlin and Grosjean will come together again. I feel like they've come together at literally everywhere. And what better place to do it than Nashville? All in all, like I said, if anything, the race will be interesting. I would be shocked if they showed up and ran a super clean race with few incidents. It just feels like this track has never and may never ever lend itself to clean, good, thorough racing. I hope I'm surprised. You can color me shocked if we do see a race like that. But again, the entertainment value is there. You will be on your couch screaming. You will be panicking. The best thing is, is when there's big incidents like that, you truly never know who is going to come out where. You saw Marcus Erickson last to first battle. I mean, those kind of stories are what make any car great. And it's honestly incredible to see. So I'm hoping we get at least some good action, more racing than 40% of it behind the pace car. That's all I've got for you guys. I hope you enjoy the race, and if this is your first time watching Nashville, buckle the fuck up, and I'll see you on the other side for the race review. Bye!